Thank you for joining us today. Recent events in our nation's history have motivated people across the globe to give selflessly to those in need during difficult times. Are we as willing to give unto the Lord who fulfills all of our needs at all times? Listen in today as Pastor Draper teaches on giving to the Lord. He will be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get your pen and paper ready. Now let's listen in. Giving should be a blessing and not a burden because ultimately you are giving to the Lord himself. You are giving to the Lord himself and so many uh, miss that reality. Number five, the early church realized they could give joyfully and they were excited because they realized that God owns it all. They owns it all. Now, if you don't believe that God owns it all, you will have problems giving to God. They knew that God owns it all. Psalms 24, 1 says, the earth is the Lord's and all this fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. The church also gave to those who were poor among them because of their love for poor believers in the church. Because of unity, they were unified. They weren't weren't trying to nickel and dime the church and all these kind of things. Uh, They had a selfless, sacrificial uh, heart toward one another. 1 John 3.17 says, if anyone has, listen to this, if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Isn't that a big thought right there in the, in the scripture? Anyone have material possessions? How many of you have material possessions? Every hand ought to go up. <laughs> and sees a brother or sister. You're in Christ with a need, but you have no pity or compassion on them. How can the love of God be in that person? The reason the believers in the early church sold their possessions and gave them to the apostles was because they believed that God owns it all. God owns your children, your grandchildren. God God owns your mother and father uh, when they were here. Maybe they're still here. God, God, God owns the baby in your womb. God, God owns that sweater, the, the beads around your, your neck, your socks, your shoes, your tie, your glasses, everything you have. God owns it all. God owns the cat, the dog. God owns the grass and the tree. God, God, God owns the garage and all of a sudden God owns it all. God owns your eyelashes. God owns your tongue. God owns your taste buds. God owns your toes. God owns your hearing. God owns your mind. I tell you and I submit to you today that God owns it all. How many of you believe God by now that God owns it all? Why don't you say it with me? God owns it all. Come on, let's go up. Come on. God owns it all. Say a little bit louder. Come on. God owns it all. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Number six, the early church rejoiced because they believed God and trusted in him to supply all their needs. The early church rejoiced because they believed God and trusted him to supply all their needs. Philippians 4 19 says, My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The early church believed God would not allow them to lack the necessities of life when they gave generously to him. Psalms 37, 25. I love my mama on this verse. She loved this verse. My mother was with the Lord now. She loved quoting, I once was young, but now I'm old. She died at 88. Yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken 
and their children begging bread. I'm a child of my mama, and I'm not begging bread. <laughs> oh, my mama, my mama, my mama, bless her heart. Uh, she, she, got her, she got her high school diploma after she raised us all, mother of six, uh, when she maybe it was in her early 50s, she got her high school diploma. My daddy never got a high school diploma, and he went to work at about 16 at Bayroid Oil, who was eventually, uh, that, that company was eventually uh, purchased by Exxon, and when they purchased that, uh, that small oil company, uh, they, Exxon swallowed them up, but by swallowing them up, my dad got all the benefits and all the things that came with being in Exxon. And he started with that job, on that job at about 16, 17 years old, and he stayed on that job for 40 years until he retired. With no degree, God took care of him and my mother and let them lack no good thing. Daddy never had a high school diploma. Never had that, but, but God was with them. They, they, they gave faithfully to the church. They gave faithfully to the needs. People, it was a day, it was a day when you didn't have the cell phones and all of that, and you're maybe a house or two. Uh, we stayed between the railroad track and the, and the freeway on a rocky street that wasn't even paid. Sam knows about that. And, uh, and uh, you go by three houses this way was the interstate, interstate 59, and about a couple of houses this way, you at the railroad track, and we were sandwiched in between on a rocky street, right in the middle. And God took care of all six of us children to the glory of God, and He answered the prayers of my mama and daddy. They they took care. The bills were paid. Everything. They they didn't go in debt. They never ran out because they treated God right. They tithed to the Lord. They sang in the choir. They, he was a deacon. He, they, they loved God. They served God. They served the pastor tea cakes and cakes and pies. And that, that, he couldn't help but gain some calories. I mean, they loved their pastor. They loved the pastor's wife. They were there for the community. And then people, cars break down on 59 when you didn't have cell phones. Guess what they did? The, some of those houses had fences with German shepherds in them growling at folk. We didn't have a fence in our yard. You know those people, whether they were black, white, my mama and dad, didn't, they didn't see color. They would come off the freeway, and they would always find their way to my mom and dad's house and knock on the door and say, my car broke down. Can I use your telephone? How much would you charge me? My mom would say, child, don't even think about that. Go on and use that telephone. And, uh, because they had no choice. You, didn't ha- you just couldn't do what you did today. You didn't have all that AAA stuff and all the, all the amenities with these new cars and all that. And my mama, they called her a friend of highway strangers. And that's why she was so blessed. Oh my God, I tell you, you can have three degrees and not be blessed. The early church believed God would not allow them to lack the necessities of life when they gave generously to him. Psalms 37, 25 says, I was young and now I'm old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. Beloved, God takes care of his children. God takes care of his children. Hudson Taylor, Hudson Taylor, a British Protestant Christian missionary who spent 51 years in China and founded the China Inland Missions said, and I quote, God's work done in God's way will never lack God's provision. I I said it again, God's work done in God's way 
will never lack God's provision. Hallelujah. Number seven, when it came to giving to the Lord financially, the church believed in the promises of God. When it came to giving financially to the Lord, the, ch- the church believed in the promises of God. Luke 6, 38 says, give and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, then shaken together, shaken together so you can put more in it. And then even when you press it down and shake it together, it still end up what? Running over and be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. This passage clearly amplifies the truth that you will reap what you sow physically and spiritually. It it amplifies the truth that you will reap what you sow physically and spiritually when you give to Christ with a thankful heart. If we invest in the kingdom of God, we reap spiritual treasures of immeasurable value. Again, if we invest in the kingdom of God, we reap spiritual treasures of immeasurable value. It is also true that what we selfishly keep for ourselves, we lose. We lose. What you selfishly keep for yourself, you lose, and you can't reap rewards from it. But when we give, we gain physically and spiritually, and we will be rewarded be rewarded by our Lord himself. I submit to you today, you can't beat God's giving no matter how you try. If you put God to the test, you will soon discover that God keeps his promise even in the midst of a pandemic. He keeps his promise. How many of you have seen God keep his promise all year long in spite of all that's been going on? He's, he's, he's keeping you and he's keeping you as you sit here right now. I'm going to give you a big thought that you can shout on. Even a virus cannot hinder the blessings of God upon your life. Did you hear what I said? (laughs) I'm going to say it again. Even a virus cannot hinder the blessings of God upon your life when you are living faithfully and obediently to him. God, God is, God is not, God is not, ooh, that virus down there. I don't know what I'm going to do. The virus is there. God is not doing that. God says, I'll bless you in spite of, I'll show you what I can do with the virus. The same God that kept you before the virus can keep you in the virus and can keep you after the virus. Do I have an amen in here? Beloved, God blesses a faithful, cheerful giver in the best of times and worst of times. Number eight, the early church gave joyously and generously because they had a spiritual mindset that they were laying up treasures in heaven. The early church gave joyously and generously because they had a spiritual mindset that they were laying up treasures in heaven. Matthew chapter 6 verses 19 through 21 says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Saints who are earthly minded will hoard. Saints who are earthly minded, they'll stockpile stuff, get most stuff on top of stuff and accumulate things for their own personal gratification, which is temporal and will soon pass away. And do I have a scripture for you on that? First Timothy chapter six, verse seven says, for we brought nothing into this world. 
What did you, what did you have when, you were, when, you gave, when your mama gave birth to you? Did, did you have rings in your hand? Did you, did, uh, did, did, did you have dollar bills in your hand? Did you have a house in your hand? Do you have stocks? In, what, what, what did you have in your hand? You have silver, gold? What, what did you have in your hand? No, they came in clenched. Matter of fact, you got to pry those little fingers open. We brought nothing into this world. Hold it. And it is certain. Look at that. It is certain we can carry nothing out. I don't care how much you have. You say, I'm set. <laughs> yeah, you go set. You set to leave it to somebody else. Yeah, you, you set all right. <laughs> you, say, you say, it's mine. <laughs> Just die. That land is mine. Just die. It passes on down. And, and then the children don't pay the taxes and they go on to somebody else, go to the government. They can't even get a loan. They don't even want to pay the taxes. Then they, and, then, and then you want to assume the responsibility of the land and do right. They won't let you do right. And, and so, so the, the, the land's just lost. Somebody else get it because of foolishness and silliness. Oh, for we bought nothing into this world and it is certain we will carry nothing out. I've never seen a U-Haul behind a hearse. Never, never. Make the, make the casket gold. Line it with gold. You put a million dollars in there. Can't smell it, can't spin it, can't touch it. I'd rather have Jesus. What is money if you got dementia? You don't know a, a dollar bill from a $50 bill. I'd rather have my mind and have Jesus. But those who give to Christ, the Lord's church, those who give to the poor and others are laying up treasures in heaven that will continue to reap eternal dividends that have lasting eternal value. The scripture says in Matthew 6, 28, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. All right, let me transition for a few more moments and we'll be done. How does one give joyfully in the midst of a global pandemic? How does one give joyfully in the midst of a global pandemic? Oh, hold on now. I got some things to share with you. How does one give joyfully in the midst of a global pandemic? Number one, you cannot experience the joy of giving to the Lord until you first give yourself to the Lord and put him first and foremost in your life. You cannot experience the joy of giving to the Lord until you first give yourself to the Lord and put him first and foremost in your life. 2 Corinthians 8, 5 says, and not only as we had hoped, but they first, look at that, they first gave themselves to the Lord. Until you give yourself to the Lord, you're going to struggle in giving. They gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. When Christ is the Lord of your life, he is the Lord over your money. When he's Lord of your, over your life, he's Lord over your possessions as well. If you do not surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, you will struggle to give to him. If you do not surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, you will struggle to give to him. Neither a pandemic nor anything else should hinder the joy of giving to the Lord. It is during times like these that you can really see the resilience of the saints as they rise up and give more to the Lord and to those who are in need who have been negatively impacted financially by this pandemic. You, you, you rise. Matter of fact, you see what's in people when hardships come. The, the, the cream rises to the top when the heat is on. You see Secondly, how does one give joyfully in the midst of a global pandemic? 
Uh, number two, you cannot give joyfully if you do not possess a spirit of contentment. You cannot give joyfully if you do not possess a spirit of contentment. First uh, Timothy six, uh, six and eight says, now godliness with contentment is great gain. God calls us to be godly and contented. Be content with your wife. Be content. I'm content with my wife. Don't, don't be looking at other folk and sizing them up and rolling your eyes and looking back at them. Be content with what God gave you. You think, you tell, then you get a little older and, and all, but look at, both of y'all looking older. That's right. Honey, you losing it. Well, you lost it first. <laughs> when it's love, you don't see all that. That outer beauty is a fading glory. What you want, you want the inner beauty. I'd rather have somebody that don't look so well outside. My wife is pretty, but, she, but I'd rather have somebody that's, that's just got inner beauty. They can be cute as they can be and just be as nasty on the inside as they can be. You know, you, you, you always, people, Satan will give you a spirit of discontentment and you leave that faithful husband or wife or somebody else and you grab them and you gone. And, they, and, they, and they, they, they knock who knows what out of you. And I tell you, I tell you something else. You think you got something, and when you get on the other side of the fence, you, you don't even have the real thing. All you got is AstroTurf. <laughs> now, godliness with contentment is great gain. Y'all laughing because it's the truth. You went, everything that glitters isn't gold. Isn't gold. Isn't gold. You, you, you think you got somebody cute? And then all of a sudden, when they get home, they take out the teeth. They take out the hair. They take, they, they take off stuff that's fixing it up in there. And you sitting there and shout, well, where is the real person? <laughs> now, godliness with contentment is great gain. Listen, if you got food and clothes with these, we shall be content. How many of y'all got food? How many of you got clothes? Tell these children talking about, I don't like that. Well, I say, well, I'm not buying, I'm not buying none of you. Don't, don't. Say, well, I'm not buying none of you. You get hungry enough, you eat it. You eat it, just leave it right there, let it sit. I'm not fixing another meal till you eat what you have. You didn't buy this food. A spirit of discontentment will steal your joy. A spirit of discontentment will steal your joy. God never promised to supply all of your wants. He never promised to supply all your wants, but he did promise to supply your needs. If Christ doesn't give us another thing, he has already given us far more than we deserve. Therefore, rest in Christ. Therefore, possess peace in Christ. Therefore, enjoy contentment in Christ. Absolutely nothing or no one satisfies like the Lord Jesus Christ. Be satisfied. Be satisfied. My wife and I, we always struggle around Christmas. She, you know, she looked at me and said, what do you want for Christmas? I just look at her and say, I don't know. She, she looked at me and I said, what do you want for Christmas? We do something. She said, I don't know. I don't know. We just, we just both, I don't know. We don't even know what to give each other, you know, because, because, we, because we have everything. The, you know, the walls are there, the stuff is there. We're trying to weed our stuff. But we, 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 we content. We, matter of fact, the older you get, you start letting some of this stuff go. 
Amen. You start downsizing. You, you don't start gathering. Now, when you're young, you start gathering some things and getting this and getting that and moving a little bigger house. You got growing family and all these things. Yeah, but when you get on the other side, you're not trying to impress anybody that don't like you. You know, we're just content with each other. We're content with Christ, with our children and grandchildren doing well. We're just as thankful as we can be. But we don't have to strain ourselves to going to going to Dillard's and Pat, Dillard's and Macy's and this place and that place. Try well. I don't know what he like. Does he like this color? Does he? I'm just stressing out. We don't have that issue because we are content. Thirdly, be mindful that we are blessed to be a blessing. Be mindful that we are blessed to be a blessing. During this pandemic, some will make more money while others make less. Did you get that? Be mindful that we are blessed to be a blessing. During this pandemic, some will make more money while others make less. Therefore, be like the early church and be sensitive to those who are in need. Acts 2.45 says, and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. One of the reasons that we need to be sensitive to the needs of others is because we are just one catastrophic event from being in need ourselves. That's why we need to be sensitive to the needs of others. All, we're just one catastrophic event from being in need ourselves. One stroke away, one heart attack away, one diagnosis of cancer away. We just won. So do what you can, why you can, because you don't know what tomorrow or even tonight's going to bring in your own life. Number four, there is an inherent danger in loving money more than Christ. Ooh, there is an inherent danger in loving money more than Christ. First Timothy 6.10 says, for the love of money. Now stop saying money is the root of all evil. That's a lie. You're misreading scripture. It's not money. That's, it is not a sin to have money. Stop saying you don't need money. Yes, you do. You need some money. <laughs> okay? Okay? For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierce themselves through with many sorrows. The love of money brings sorrow and hardship and pain and sorrow. Let me tell you something. Idolatry is to love money more than Christ. Idolatry is to love money more than Christ, which has disastrous spiritual consequences. Idolatry is to love money more than Christ, which has disastrous spiritual consequences. The love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, such as greed. Uh, love of money brings spiritual regression. The love of money brings, brings on lying. The love of money brings on cheating. The love of money brings on stealing. The love of money brings on manipulation. Y'all say, I'm going too fast. <laughs> okay, let me just back up. The love of money brings on what? Greed, spiritual regression, lying, cheating, stealing, manipulation, and deception. That's just to name a few now. That's not complete. It will also, it will also bring satanic entanglement. The love of money brings satanic entanglement. The love of money brings on sorrow. The love of money brings on pain, and the love of money brings on regret. I wished I hadn't stolen that and got caught on camera, and now the whole world see me on Eyewitness News. 
you know, you know, they have that looting and all that's going on up there in that state. I can't think right now. Uh, well, up there, uh, whatever state that is, this a few days ago, and they all in that store, and they just. I mean, somebody got got a forklift and a, a whole. What was it they had on that thing? A, a whole appliance was on there. They just had their boat, and the, the cameras just on. Just looking at just all the stuff. I mean, they just taking out cases of stuff, taking out refrigerators and wash machines, and they they bowl in their sins. They don't even care. They don't even care. You know, when you're in confusion, you don't even care that the cameras are on you. When you love money and love stuff, you don't even care about who see. I'm ta- you know, I, I would take it behind your back, but now I'm going to take this in your face. Beloved, you are ripe to be exploited by the devil if you love money. Look at this now. There are also things that money cannot buy. Did you not know that? There are things that money cannot buy. Money, money can't buy love. Money can't not buy love. Money can't buy peace. Whole lot of folks got, they got money, but they don't have peace. Money can't buy joy. Wealthy, but no joy. Money can't buy more time. You're at the end of your life, you say, well, I'm going to give to God, and he's going to give me 15 more years. You're fooling yourself. Money can't buy more time. Money cannot buy integrity. Money couldn't buy, can't buy. And there's an integrity crisis in our land. Money cannot buy loyalty. Can't buy loyalty. Do you know what money can't buy? Money cannot buy inner beauty. Cannot buy inner beauty. Just think about that. <laughs> Some things money just can't buy. Inner beauty. Uh, money cannot buy gratitude. If it could, you parents out there would give your kids a whole lot of money so they can get thankful. <laughs> but you can give them a $1,000 bill. The next day they got their mouth poked out, if not the same day. Give them what they want in the morning, they're mad at you at night. Money can't buy gratitude. You can send them off to college, give them all this stuff, and they, they, they won't even say, I love you. Money can't buy wisdom. You can't buy wisdom. You got some rich fools out there. Money can't buy salvation. If it could, the rich would go to heaven and all the poor would go to hell. I'm so glad money can't buy salvation. The Word of God is clear. We must trust God with our finances because everything we have and claim as ours belongs to Him. He commands us to tithe only 10%, and even though He owns it all, He blesses us to keep 90%. Give God's way and watch what happens, not only in the universal church, but also in our individual lives. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.